Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense for knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. My guest today is somebody with a can-do attitude. She's also somebody that loves to celebrate and create celebrations. She's driven to build communities, and she's driven to connect people, to maximize their talents. Today, my guest is Cindy Connell. Thank you so much for coming today. Thanks very much for having me. It's an honor. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Retired. I'm a nana. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a daughter. In the second chapter of my life now, being an entrepreneur, and I've had a fabulous life. So second chapter. So what was the first chapter? First chapter was I worked over 30 years in the corporate world. For the most part, loved every second of it, had lots of opportunity for growth and lots of amazing experiences and travel across Canada and meeting wonderful people across Canada and having lots of relationships with people across Canada. But in the end, realized I didn't know anybody in my own community. I had built a career working with others in other communities from here, but didn't know really anybody in my community. So it was time to come back. And I switched jobs within the company I was working with and back in 2004 and started working in the community and then got sucked down a rabbit hole in a department that needed some help. So I didn't really ever get to know my community and then retired in 2013 and tried to figure out what's the next chapter going to be and really felt like I was a newcomer in my community. So it was uh, starting all over again, trying to find my way. And, yeah, and you're born and raised here. Born and raised here. So, lived my whole life here. But my career was across Canada, yeah. working with others. And I was really, I'm really good on the phone working with others. I can tell you whose voice and what they're saying and what office they're calling from. And there could be a hundred people on the on the conference call. Used to do that. But in in my own community, after attending a, a birthday party for a gentleman older than I was, and nobody knew who I was. My maiden name wasn't the same anymore, and um, no one knew who I was. So I thought, I think I need to come back. My husband, my daughters, they were all fairly well known, but no one knew who I was. So I came back and um, eventually started my own business, but had to learn and, and meet people in our community and find a circle of friends and it's been an amazing journey. There's some, there's so many talented people here. So that's what I, I'm, I've always told everyone across Canada would always say, why do you want to work in Moncton? And I would say, why wouldn't I? It's God's country. And so now I'm back working in God's country. Yeah. That's so, yeah, nice. True enough. And the name of your business is what? C3 Leadership. Okay. So I, in starting the business, people suggested I use my name and I thought, well, that's not really, people here don't know me by name anyway. So why would I want to use my name? But in going through what I started off with was the John Maxwell program and leadership. And I was always viewed as a leader in my corporate world mm-hmm. when management was more important or Quote viewed. Yeah. Yes, man, being a manager or being a manager of metrics is really what you're a manager of. And I'm more of a leader of people. So in through doing some research and self-reflection, 
that was a path to pursue. And in order to be a leader, you must influence people. And in order to influence people, they must trust you. And if they, they will have trust in you, and in the John Maxwell world, if you had competence, character, and connection. So there were my three C's. Fair enough. So that was where my three C's came from. So now they stand more for communicating, collaborating, and community. Three more C's. Throw in celebrating in there, too. I like to do that, too. So there's lots of C words. So C3, whichever three I feel at the time, based on what I'm doing, that's where my business name comes from. Absolutely. And the businesses do morph, don't they? Oh, absolutely. It's, It's a fluid experience is what I've found. Very much so, because... I totally transitioned. I was in the insurance world for 30 years. It's not sexy business. And I was in leadership roles, various types of leadership roles in various departments, which was fabulous because you could stay with pretty well one company and have lots of different experiences. But then it was to transition and to really get a grip on what are your skill sets and what can they be transitioned into when you're at that period in your life where, for me, I was retired, so that puts me in a certain age group. I'll just put it there like, <laughs> do not look well, thank you. But, but it was to figure all of that out. So, you know, and, and at the same time as that's happening, in comes technology playing a totally different role with social media. I was one of those lucky people when it came to technology, I would either call the help desk or I would ask somebody to come in and help me, please, because technology is not my strength. People are my strength. Yeah, it's been a wonderful journey. It's been over five years now. Retired six years ago, but it took a while to figure it out and then started my business in January of 2014. There must be a year-long incubation period that people like you and I need to get out of corporate to oh, move into it's so different. something else because it is so different. Crazy. You're so used to people in the workplace, and then when you're on your own, you're on your own. Yeah, there's no Like doing everything. Garbage to accounting to doing the actual work. Everything. Yeah. You're starting a career all over again, and where it took 30 years to get to the point where I was in my first career, mm-hmm. I don't have 30 years to accomplish <laughs> that in my next career. But things happen much quicker because you know what you need to know. And then you also source out the things that you're not really strong at. Well, and I would say we both have there's an element of social butterfly with the both of us. But I think the two of us are also introverts in our own little way, too. Like we need our time to recharge. Yes, absolutely. But I do in all the different styles and tasks that I've done. Extroversion comes through loud and clear. Um, I do gain a lot of my strength from other people or a lot of my excitement from other people. I have learned, especially in the first year of retiring, my family thought that was going to be really hard on me because I loved my career and it was an identifier for me that it was going to be very hard for me, but it wasn't. It was a real period of introspection and, and I really, I did enjoy that. And I, I mean, I don't like staying at home for a month at a time, but you know, it used to be three days and that was it. I had to get out to see people again. Um, But now it doesn't bother me to, to be at home. I love my home. Yeah. It brings me a sense of peace and comfort. I don't know if it's as you hit a certain age you need to be less busy or whether or not it's it's just the pendulum swinging and then you find... Well, you find your equilibrium or something. Yeah. yeah. But remember, you're not as old as I am, so... <laughs> so you're doing something new that I'm really excited about, being a concierge for talent. Yes. That's the term I've come up with. Right. Another term I recently heard was knowledge broke. Perfect. So explain a little bit about what the heck that is and how you got there. Okay. One of the roles that I had in my career for many years was organizing conferences across Canada at least once a year uh, for about 125 people. And they would, people would come from all provinces. 
And I'd have to bring in speakers to speak at the conference. One part of it was I didn't have to sell tickets to those conferences. Mm -hmm. People from the organization that I worked with, they would send their employees. But I would find speakers and bring in. And I would have a way of putting together a two and a half day conference with topics that would fit and anyway, breakout sessions and all the rest. But that was an expertise that I had developed and I quite enjoyed it. And then when I pursued an entrepreneurship journey, I went into the John Maxwell program for, I, I felt like an accreditation in the coaching, speaking, teaching field was important. I had a university degree and I had uh, two other designations in the insurance world. I just felt that that was necessary. So I followed the John Maxwell program and got certified through that. And through all of that, this has given me the opportunity of meeting people um, along on my journey. And we hosted three different simulcast concepts. And at the third one, we had two live speakers. Mark Black was one and Dan Martell was the other. And in hosting that day, the people who attended really enjoyed the live speakers. So in doing that, it was then it was time to transition away from the simulcast concept and really start to use the platform to highlight the people we have locally. All of that at the same time as I was meeting a lot of new people, either newcomers to town, people who've lived here forever like myself that I'd never met, or even our immigrants who are coming to town. And I heard Don Mills speak at a chamber luncheon, and he spoke of you know how our, our youth are so important to our future immigration is so important Mm -hmm. to our future, Mm -hmm. and entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. And so I liked what I heard from him. So I invited him to come to something that I was kind of brainstorming with. And if you remember, you were one of them. Jan Hare was the other lady. And you guys gave me a lot of ideas one day. And then my mom was dealing with some illnesses, and she eventually passed and started putting this this concept together that when I shared with my business colleague, Mike Hayes at the time, that this was the idea. And he said, oh, advancing community together. Why don't you call it ACT? So we called it ACT 1. We highlighted some immigrants. Um, Dan Gillis was part of the day too, and he likened it to a, a We Day for Adults. Yes. That's how he's likened it. Yes. So we did it the first time. Very we so. put some um, different speakers on stage and they came in from pretty well the province and Don Mills from Nova Scotia, um, Alfred, yes. Designs by yes. Africa. Yes. They're all wonderful people. But really he, well done. he was he then took the concept of what we were doing to try and expand people's knowledge of immigrants and how challenging it is for them to come here. Yeah. I can't even imagine being in their shoes, but mm-hmm. for them to come here and sometimes how they feel being here and the injustices that they still live with and mm-hmm. the un- unconscious biases that they live with and all yes. the rest. So through that, he he and another lady, Inda, came up with an idea and now they've got a business called Woven Cultures. Yes. <laughs> So, but it's all about bringing community together, Uh, you know, in doing the ACT events and and the immigrants and the people that are so talented here, we've just found ways of putting together a platform to highlight them, to share their knowledge and strength. As I meet people, I just think, oh, they'd be great on stage. If I find them interesting, other people are going to find them interesting. And so we've got now this platform through our ACT, which we've done ACT 1 and ACT 2. Um, already and now act three will be next so I do those act things through that I've met a lot of talented people so that's where this talent concierge service comes from because then through there someone will also say I need a speaker for this do you have someone to suggest so I've done a lot of networking and connecting with people because that's another thing I love to do I just like to introduce people because they have reasons to meet one another 
So businesses are looking for talent for a a conference that they're organizing or they're they're hosting a one-day seminar and they need to have a facilitator for the day. They need to have an MC for the day. They need to have a photographer for the day. So there's all of these talented people that I know that, sure, I, I can make it work, make it happen. And by doing so, the person who's looking for the work mm-hmm. or the the person who, the company right. who needs the help right. doesn't pay me anything. So if they reach out and call and say, I need this person, and I say, what's your budget? What's your time frame? What's the topic? I get information about it. I can figure out who's the best person, see if they're available, if they're interested, and if they are, and what's their price range and if they're all if it all works out then the person who gets the opportunity can pay me a finder's fee so I've done that quite a bit now and I'm just going to look to grow and expand that even more so my talent concierge service is something that's new I don't have a name for it other than it's a talent concierge service it's not even on my website yet because I've done it dozens of times before that <laughs> yeah I know I've benefited yeah. <laughs> from talent concierging but that's sure. just something I really enjoy doing yeah. like it's on fire yeah it is a passion. It definite passion. Yeah. I think it's the best one. I think the act one and act two and act three, that's the service to the community. Yes. Which balances out the business aspect of this talent concierge, which which serves the individual and and seeps into a community of a business. Yes. So I think that in all aspects you're doing what you love to do, which is serve others. Yes. But the passion indicator is where you know you've hit it so i'm going to switch gears a little bit because that segues nicely into my next thing okay so i would strongly suggest that these matchmaking sessions that happen in your brain are intuitive right yes so how do you get your intuition what kind of nudge is it how does it come i honestly probably get it every way when i worked in my corporate career i had a vp at one point say to me we need to marry your intuition with my need for detail because I was a yellow red person in insights and he was a blue guy and he had to have the data and he needed to have three years of experience or three years of history with the data. And we kind of chat, we would chat about it. And I said, I'm the kind of person who, when I smell smoke in a burn and it's going to, I smell smoke, I'm suspecting fire I'm going to clear the burn. Mm -hmm. But you're the kind of guy who can't react until it's three quarters burnt down because you needed the data to tell you that it was burning. So that's kind of the difference between the personality types Mm -hmm. and how he and I would work. When you're intuitive, you're just intuitive. You can't describe it to anybody. So I would just say, well, this is how I felt about that. And this is why. And sometimes it would be history's repeating itself. I mean, I've been in the business for a number of years. So to me, it was just this instinctive thing that this is what was going to happen mm-hmm. but he was saying well the numbers aren't telling me that and I'm thinking well the numbers don't need to tell you that I'm just, so we we would actually clash sometimes too but I am an intuitive person I just I follow a path and I so you feel it you hear it you know everything it. I, I feel you're like also the, a doer like you just I do to the next I do due. like I one time saw the international women's day three years ago it was January and I saw some post that somebody had placed on Facebook and I just oh I thought I was going to, I thought I wanted to do something when I knew that was going to come around this year again. I don't even remember where I was last year when it happened, but I reached out to three people to say, does, do we do anything in Moncton? And they got back to me and said, well, I don't think anything's been organized. And I just, so I just start planning things. And when you ask somebody and they tell you something, and as long as you're going along on a path and things are coming together, it's working. It's intuitive that it's supposed to work. 
And it's when you try and force against the grain that your intuition is telling you it's not working. And I do that. Don't I'm not perfect. Last year, we did International Women's Day the first year, and there were many people involved with making that happen and be successful. Didn't it happen in six weeks or something? Yes, but that was because a lot of people came together to help. But see, again, like people are wonderful. It worked. So the second year we did it again and we added to it because people's feedback was, you know, we want more, we want whatever. So we did another one and it was so positive the second time. And when we did the, the second International Women's Day, we had an afternoon where we had Robin Tingley come in and, and speak from St. John Glasgow on a topic. And it was a snowstorm that day. They stayed for the entire afternoon and then filled out a survey at the end again that just blew my mind. They should have wanted to be on the road, but we got like a 9.6 out of 10. So from that, I thought, oh, wow, they, they want this again. So I thought, oh, we have to do this right away. So I organized another one and I thought, I'm going to honor my mom. She's passed now. Her birthday would be May the 10th. I'm going to organize it for May the 10th and we're going to make this happen again. That's like two months after. But I didn't think about this. People can't leave work in every two months to come to an afternoon training session. But the excitement of the feedback, I thought, oh, we have to do this again. Mm -hmm. So I learned from that experience, okay, you can be grateful for the excitement and you just need to know that not everybody can come again. So we did it. We still hosted it and we still did it. But now it's like, no, no, I might do that in six months time, but I won't do it right away. It's just listening to my intuition on what has transpired as a result of something and figure out the timing. So that, that's my intuition that's telling me. Right. I don't know if it's right or wrong. There's but that, never wrong. It, it's the flow. And I, back in my insurance days, I would call it tilting at windmills. Like if you start to tilt at a windmill, you're trying to make something happen that's not supposed to happen. It's not going to go well. That could be intuition too. I don't know. Absolutely. Okay. And it's the type of thing that people will force stuff because they have an agenda. Well, they want it to happen. Yeah. You can't want it to happen. It's supposed to happen. It's just, it's supposed to happen. And if it's supposed to happen, it will happen organically, nicely, and it will be wonderful. And and sometimes the nuggets I find will send us down crazy little paths that we're like, really? We're supposed to go do that? Yes. But it's maybe not for the outcome of the doing. It's for the meeting of the person. Does that make sense? Like, oh, I need to go downtown. I don't know why I'm going downtown. And then you run into that old friend who needs to have that hug. And it's like, okay, I was supposed to be driving downtown. And I decided to walk the street for some reason. And then there's that connection with the person. But you have no idea before you even start the next thing. That, that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I always, I believe in the universe. She's always going to have my back and I just surrender to it. And in order to meet people in my community, when I started on this journey, I would just go to a number of different events. I needed to meet people and like find out where do I fit. And so I would go to a number of different events. And sometimes I'd go, well, that's not really for me. Good thing, but it's not really for me. But I met these two amazing people there. And then those people come back into your life for different reasons. I mean, just an example. Jana introduced me to Lisa Reblick, who's from St. John, and she has wicked ideas. And I had tickets for We Day in Halifax. And I knew she was interested, so I gave her tickets, and she brought her daughter to We Day in Halifax, and that was neat. But in order to get her into Act 1, I, I don't know how, but she introduced me to Robin Tingley. So then Robin came to Act 1 with her and spoke, and she was great. And I really loved Robin's message. I just wish I was... 
20 years younger so I could fly by her side because like she's dynamite. So um, we do a lot of things together. So we just are in sync. We work well together. And so she called me one day and she goes, okay, Bernadette just called me and said, Nelson Mandela's grandson is coming to the province. First time ever. And this is what we're going to do in Fredericton and St. John. And she said, I was just thinking like, well, you know, what about Moncton? I, I thought I should talk to you. And I went, heck yeah, we want him in Moncton too. So she said, well, we don't have anything guaranteed yet. Like, let's just hold on this one, but give it some thought. And, and I just, I didn't even know who Bernadette was. Okay. <laughs> okay. I had to ask her later. She said, well, I'm going to send you some information. She sent me some information. It was like, oh yeah, we're doing this. Yep. Yep. So I called Don Arnold's assistant, Nicole. She's a gem. Mm -hmm. And I just said, this is something that could be happening. This is our mayor of Moncton. Oh, sorry. Yeah. If it happens, what day that week would be best for the mayor to have him come to City Hall to do the signing of the guest book? Right. So we talked about that very briefly. And she goes, and I said, now we need to include Riverview and Dieppe. And can I rely on you? And she goes, well, wait until you know what day he's coming and if he's coming. And so, okay. But she was my main contact right off the bat. So I know. And who took you there? Because wouldn't part of me would think, well, wouldn't I check for a venue? I did that too. Right. I like, did that too, but I just reached out to a venue that I thought could hold it. Yeah. And I, re but to me, if we're having someone like that's Mandela's actually great grandson in the end, but they promote him as a grandson come to town, he has to sign the guest book in our community. And he, you know, so that was something that I just had to start with. So yeah. I was going to try and find a day, but I just love administrative assistance, executive assistance, because they make they stuff make happen. Stuff but I didn't know who Bernadette was. And now I have this, she's a phenomenal lady. And who knows what's going to happen in the future because of that connection. So you just, people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And when you respect which one they fulfill, then that's great. Yeah. You don't have expectations. So I, it's just an intuitive thing, whether you trust them or don't trust them. Can go with it, can't go with it. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you again, Cindy, for today. I really, really appreciate you coming. You're very and welcome. Sharing all these insights mm -hmm. because it is so true that we don't necessarily need to put a name on it in order for it to exist. No. So your perspective is so valuable. Just let it go. Just allow yourself to go with the flow of it. Yeah, absolutely. Don't tilt at windmills. Don't tilt at windmills. There you go. And to quote Cindy Como, <laughs> make it a great day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time and giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community. <laughs>